on the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute that millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Now, guys, I am delighted to say that I am joined by a very special guest on the show this week. He's uh, an Irish actor, uh, an avid golfer, and an overall Irish legend. I am, of course, joined by James Nesbitt. James, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Johnny, great to see me. You, uh, you obviously spoke um, dulcet tones to me when I met you quite late at night uh, in Mount <laughs> Julia, and uh, here we are. Yes, we, uh, we, we met at the, the Irish Open on the Pro-Am Day. Um, I think first things first, we got to talk about the big win on that day. Which was, of course, that yourself, Robbie Keane, John O'Shea, you, you guys, you guys stormed home the win. Well, we didn't. I don't think we stormed it. I mean, um, it's such an extraordinary thing. I played in a few programs. Um, uh, it was a very unusual situation in that I actually had the lowest handicap um, of uh, of the celebs, so to speak. Robbie's taken it up quite recently. He's eighteen. John is fifteen. My handicap, as I'm sure we'll come to, uh, some stage has changed somewhat. Um, over the while, uh, over the last month or so, but um, but you know it's it's terrifying. I played in a lot of things, but 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 funnily enough, at the Irish programs, the crowds are always much bigger than anywhere else. I mean, they're as big as they are at like Dunhill, and Dunhill's huge. I mean, you know, and and, and when I arrived on the uh, and it's such a beautiful place, Mount Julia. I'd never been there before. The drive down was just gorgeous. I drove down from Belfast. I happened to be over here at the time. But just driving into Killarney and the rolling hills, and then you arrive there, it really is magnificent. And yet, that kind of ancient beauty is uh, is kind of collides with, you know, all these professional golfers and um, and, and and you know, and great great Irish, um, uh, very well known people. And um, but it's nerve wracking. And and in fact, I, mean, I didn't see you probably until the the night of program, I think. But um. When we walk down, because I, I'm always far too nervous to go even on the range at programs. Really? Because, yeah, yeah. Because I just can't bear the idea of... I didn't realise that there was a kind of a range for the, the boys like me. Because if you, go and, if, you, if you go to other things, often you're, you're playing beside professionals. And it's just, I mean, the, 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 the horror is too much for me. So I arrived on the tee feeling incredibly nervous and I walked on and I saw Robbie and I know Robbie a bit and uh, um, I've met Robbie a few times. John I know because I'm a big United fan. But I walked onto the tee and Robbie just grabbed me and he said, oh my God, why have I agreed to this? And it was Robbie's first. Oh, yeah. So I said, oh, I, I said, I always feel like this. And then immediately we were into an interview and we were facing down the, um, down the first. I finished the interview and then I, I, I realized my lace was untied. So I kind of turned to tie my lace, tied it, looked up, and the stand behind the first tee was packed. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was nerve-wracking. But I have to say, John went first and he, um, uh, there's a big tree on the left. He caught that. Robbie did well. But I absolutely, absolutely crushed it. Uh, and one of the great, great moments of my life. Forget any, uh, anything else I've achieved in acting, that was a great moment. And then actually I hit my second about eight feet, but I hadn't been on the putting green. And the, the, the yips I got were, were beyond yips. 
Um, but we did well and we all came in. And uh, and on the last, actually, we played, there was a new format this year at the Irish show, and we had two pros, front line and back line. We had Marcus Armitage, who the day before had just qualified for the Open, and then we had Alvaro Quiroz. And it was tremendous, great crowds, great fun. And on the last, on the last, actually, which is a, 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 it's a long out par four, um, but yeah. Alvaro hits it a mile, and it's Texas, it's a scramble. So obviously we hit his drive, and um, but the only person to score on the last at any point was me, and that was the point that won it on coming back. So even though I had a bad front nine, I like to think that I brought it home. That's brilliant. That's a that's a fantastic story. Um, <laughs> tell me, in, in those events, do you ever not take the pros' drive? Nowadays, oh no, no, sometimes actually, because often, particularly with Armitage and uh, Queros, uh, a couple of times they would go a wee bit, um, they're, they're long but can be erratic. Um, sure. <laughs> and, and a couple of times actually, I think, I, I think we all came in taking some of our drives. O'Shea hits it a mile. When he hits it straight, he hits it a mile. I mean, both the pros were going, oh my God. I mean, he's a, he's a tall, he's a big lad, John. You know? mm. I mean, sometimes he can be a bit astray. But uh, when he hits it long, and so we took his a couple, but it was great. And we all, as I say, we all came in. And actually, you know, it was, uh, we're all competitive in our own ways. I mean, it's not only sports people that are competitive, and I'm lucky to know an awful lot of sports people in my life through the, 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 the fortune I've had in my career. And the one thing that defines, I think, people that almost, or well, it doesn't define them, but it certainly separates them, is the, is the, is the sense of competition. And I've always had it all my life. Now, that's not like, so you do want to win. And I suppose that's kind of uh, been part of my, my longevity in acting in a way. It's not just, it, it's, I like, it's, it's uh, you know, you just want to be kind of like at it. And not, not, not to kind of beat other people out of a job, but if you're being paid, you know, a fair amount of money, and if people are taking a, 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 a punt on you to kind of be a leading man in something, you have to want to step up to it. And, and so much is about attitude. You know, I've, I, funny enough, I've learned more about attitude from Alex Ferguson than I have from any director or anything. And those boys have it in spades. So, um, you know, we were delighted. I mean, you know, I have to say we were absolutely delighted that we were. We might go back in, uh, in, in a moment and chat about how you got into acting and into golf. But uh, Marcus, what's he like? I've heard he's a, a great character, and obviously he must have been in flying form given the day before yeah. the Open. Well, they were both, you know, because Marcus is, I think he's won one Suntra. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's from a, you know, pretty tough old background. Like, I think Robbie, I mean, I, I don't know. But, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of these people are, are I mean, it hasn't all been... You know, it's not that like they're born in, I mean, I, into kind of money. You know, it's not like they were handed a golf club, you know, at the, uh, you know, at their christening. Um, I mean, I think they had to fight for Marcus was brilliant, really helpful, funny, dry, um, but competitive. You know, I mean, and Alvaro as well. Alvaro's won seven times in tour. Um, the most gorgeous man you'll ever meet in your life. I mean, just beautiful. They both hit it a mile. I mean, Alvaro has not played well for a while and, and and you know he's by his own admission and you know he's he's going through a lot of stuff he's kind of re remodeled the swing yeah they, they give an office a, a lot of time to us but they're you know I suppose you have to be very kind of sanguine about your life in a way to, 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 to live the lives that they do 
you know, because, I mean, there's such a, a misconception, I suppose, about golfers that everything is done for them, that they're kind of just traveling around. I mean, these guys have to, uh, you know, they, they have to battle for their cars. You know, they have to battle for uh, invitations. And um, But they were so, um, I think they recognized in the three of us, the because, um, you know, it's very easy. And, and I've played by a lot of, some of the great players of all time. You know, I've played with Ernie Els. I've played with um, Shane Laurie twice. I've played with Tommy Fleetwood. I've played with Justin Rose. But all of them, never minding at what level of success they are, they're incredibly um, generous because they understand just what golf means to people like us. And um, so they were great. No, really great. So... It, sound, it sounds like you've you've definitely had a fair bit of uh, pro-am experience, but mm. take me back to how you first got into golf in the first I, place. I took it up late, Johnny. I mean, really late. I mean, I played, um, so I was born in County Antrim, uh, uh, in a very, very rural part of County Antrim, uh, outside Brescia. My father was my school headmaster. I played a lot of football. Uh, I played a lot of uh, soccer. As That's where the Manchester United love came from. Yeah, what well, dad? No, dad got me. Into, I mean, dad loves best. I mean, dad. Dad kind of didn't really follow a team, um, but he he loved best. You know, like of course who didn't. didn't. I I was a bit young. I'm born in '65, but I saw best play. I mean, in fact, I sort of um, uh, when George died, uh, I was asked by the Independent uh, um, to write a fan's uh, obituary. And you know, and I, and I prefaced it by saying I didn't see him much, but I did see him play for Northern Ireland. And I once saw him score a hat trick for Northern Ireland against Cyprus in a friendly. And so both of these occasions, I'd have been about five, and George had already scored two. And uh, towards the end, Northern Ireland got a corner, and I think Sammy Mack might have been playing his first game. I'm not sure, but someone went to take the corner, and George took the ball off and turned around to put the spy on cock and went three and scored direct from the corner. And then I was very, uh, I, was, I was at the game where George um, took the ball out of Gordon Banks' hand against Northern Ireland against England at Windsor Park. Scored the goal, the goal was disallowed. And when I wrote the obituary, um, uh, I said that, you know, maybe it's only in my mind's eye, but I absolutely know that when that happened and when the referee disallowed the goal, and George kind of like shrugged his shoulders and this thing of disappointment and couldn't believe because he knew he had just done the most balletic thing because he had studied Gordon Banks and Gordon Banks just threw the ball high up in the air. George kind of balletically lifted it over him and scored. But I always knew that I was pressed against the spy on cop fence behind it with my father. And so I'd written that. And then on the Saturday, this was with, the, and it wasn't long into the invention uh, of Sky Plus and stuff. On the Saturday, they, 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 they did an obituary on Football Focus on the BBC about George's life. And they showed that goal. And I was able to, to stop it, rewind it, play it again, rewind it again. And there you see, um, and I have it at home and framed, just as George uh, finds out the goal's disallowed, you see in the background the top of a little boy's head and beside him his father with my dad's hat on looking around the wing for that. <laughs> my two my two heroes in one shot that's amazing that that's incredible yeah yeah so so your dad got you into into football was it first into football yeah yeah football and then that was it football was everything you know because i grew up as i say i grew up in the country with three older sisters uh, and, and my dad taught in a, a primary school of, of 40 
you know. So um, I did nothing but kick a, a ball against a wall, really. And all the other farmers, all the other children were farmers' children. Um, but Dad kind of opened up windows into uh, in all sorts of things for him. But then we moved to a bigger place. We moved to Coleraine, and I got to know friends, my best friends. Right. So 46 years ago, I met Peter Ludlow, Alan Harton, and Alistair Carson, who are still my best friends 46 years later. They've done rather well out of me, actually. Um, but, uh, but they played golf, and I suppose, but it was really about, because I suppose my background always kind of didn't really suggest golf somehow, because it was quite, golf seemed a wee bit more elitist or something, or separate. But I started playing it a bit, and then um, it was only really in the last 20 years I started to play it a lot. And now I've, I now live in Port Rush, more or less. Uh, because my girls are growing up and I'm, I'm either in Portrush or Belfast or occasionally London. And I joined Portrush a number of years ago. Um, and But I've been playing in kind of pro-arms and things like that for about 10 to 15 years. So I've had a lot, and I've had great times with it. And I've been very, very fortunate. As I say, I played with some incredible people. But it's nerve-wracking. I mean, if you're playing at the Dunhill or the BMW, you know, I mean, the players are kind to you, but the crowd aren't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's unfortunately very true. Um, so you mentioned that when you were growing up that you had the idea that golf was probably um, probably not that opening or not that welcoming sport. Did you have any experience with that or was that just something that you had thought? Oh, really. I mean, I think, it, I think one had thought it, but also, I mean, all you had to do was look at that. You know, my father was very progressive in the sense, even though I'm from a traditionally, I suppose, kind of Protestant background in, in, in County Antrim. Dad was very progressive. You know, my sisters and I went to the convent to learn the piano um, at my sister's weddings. And, and Dad tried to do that to send out a message that, you know, we had to embrace everything. But I mean, you watched golf and you couldn't help but think. Also, it was kind of, it, it didn't seem that, it seemed daunting to me. It seemed expensive to me. And then also, even at an early age, I, I kind of thought, well, where's the diversity? But then a lot of the time you were thinking, where's the diversity in Northern Ireland? But, um, but, but actually, you know, I, I think there's been so much movement in that now. And I think there's so much encouragement. I think it's important um, that every kid's given the opportunity to play golf. And then, of course, you know, because I mean, when I was younger, I mean, Christy O'Connor was when I first read, because I, I watched sports from a very early age. So I would, it wasn't I didn't watch golf. I watched, I'd watched tractor racing when I was young. I'd watch any sport. I mean, because that was everything to me. And um, so I loved the notion of it. And I loved the, 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 the kind of stories or the heroes that come. I mean, I suppose I was quite old when Christy, um, you know, hit the two iron, uh, the Ryder Cup. But then, but also I remember Eddie Pollan. Uh, it was not an Irish player. Now he was Faraday and stuff. And then, of course, when Darren came along, and uh, Darren's my age, but but then you know when I moved up there and started playing golf, the idea that Rory came along, all of a sudden it was just you know, and I got to know him really quite well. And you know, golf is such an important part of Ireland, and 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 and, and particularly the North, from my point of view, because as the North continues to emerge from its past. Golf has actually played quite a significant. Golf and indeed my business have sort of, funnily enough, played quite a significant part in the evolvement in the world's eyes of Northern Ireland. Oh my God, Game of Thrones has made that. Oh my God, they've got some of the best golfers in the world. Yeah, it's that's undeniably true. Certainly, both the uh, perception of Northern Ireland and the perception of Northern Ireland golf over the years yeah. has, has improved immeasurably. Um, to stick with to stick with you though. 
Um, how did you first get into into acting? Because I think I had we had Simon Delaney on the podcast last week, and he spoke All about right. how he got into the game and of acting, and it's it's not a, a traditional career choice. I didn't realize he was an actor, actually, Sam. I know I'm joking. Between episodes here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I um I sang a lot. My father used to take me. My, I came from my dad was self-taught musically. Um, and in fact, when when we were at school, he uh, as I say, it was mostly farmers' children. But um, he uh, we, we did we we were all we all learned recorder and stuff. But also, then my three older sisters all knew music. But I sang, and he used to take me around faces. Uh, particularly in the north of Ireland and then when we moved to Coleraine I'd never been in the theatre in my life um, and I was actually playing rugby uh, at school I was just finishing a rugby game and dad grabbed me on a Saturday morning and said right we're going to the Riverside Theatre in Coleraine um, which was attached to Ulster University and there was a new um, uh, company there a professional company who were putting on a Christmas show uh, Oliver sort of professional actors but they wanted to use kids from the area so there were additions I arrived I arrived late for it but dad found the director because I've been playing rugby and dad found the director and uh, persuaded him to let me audition and I sang I actually sang Bohemian Rhapsody all the parts I ended up getting I, I ended up yeah it took a while I ended up getting playing the art for Dodger and and it was you know, in retrospect, I mean, that's 44 years ago. Right? But in retrospect, I, there must have been a moment, I thought, when I then, when I first actually, uh, so he, three days later, all the, the kids at edition were together, and he just said, right, James, come with me. And he went, and he, he put the top hat on me and, and ordered for Dodger's coat. And I, I think, you know, in retrospect, there probably was a moment where I thought, all right, this might be... Um, this might be kind of home in a way. But but I, I continued to act for a while. I did Christmas shows. I got my equity card, which you used to need to act professionally, very, very young. But my parents say, well, you know, you've got to go to uni. Uh, I went, I dropped out, much to their chagrin. Um, but there, my dad. I'm getting the sense that your family is obviously quite, quite traditional in terms of your dad as a teacher. Even these the community yeah, yeah. you grew up in, no, getting into acting might have been a, a bit left to center. It, yeah, maybe, but 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 they were very. Dad was incredibly supportive. As I say, they were very amusing. When I went around faces. They just worried, you know. But I think once uh, uh, twenty, when I dropped out of um, Ulster University, which, funny enough, I ended up at being the chancellor of. Um, but uh, much again, really much to my sisters, Shagra, because my <laughs> sisters, my three older sisters, the one thing they had on me that I didn't get a degree. And so that even when I got successful, they were like, well, look, there's the three of us up on the wall in the gowns. And then I was made, I was given an honorary doctorate, an honorary degree, and then made chancellor. So there was two of me in gowns up there. But, um, but no, so they, it was, it was, they were just worried, I suppose, you know. But, but once dad said, right, we can afford for you to go to Central, um, uh, Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. And I got in there. And then I never really looked back. You know, I did three years uh, 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 there and it was just fun and I really enjoyed the acting. And then I started work the day after I left, I did a job and I've done nothing else since. I've been very lucky. But, you know, I've, I've but I'd unquestionably had a, um, unquestionably instilled in me 
for all my, you know, I'm not a stranger to a glass of wine, I'm not a stranger to enjoying myself. But I, I unquestionably still instilled in me was a was a work ethic. Um that uh that, that thankfully has never really left me. Yeah, I'm definitely getting the sense that yeah, the success that you've had was absolutely due to the principles that your dad kind of instilled. No, I'm question exactly, but also it's a lot to do with luck. I mean, it really is. I mean, dad used to say you make it one luck, James. And 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 what I think the principles I got from dad, and then people like Alex and stuff are about attitude. Attitude is everything. It, you know, be on time, know your lines, know other people's lines, treat it, and then the more successful you get. Treat everyone who's kind of got a lesser role than you or someone who's behind the camera, whatever they do, treat them the same. And then um then if yeah, then you'll do okay. But yeah, luck's a lot. What was the the big break for you where you realized that this is something you could do as a as a career? Well, there was a few really. I mean, funny enough, I did the first thing I did. As I say, I did a job, uh, two days in a job the day after I left uh, drama school. Um, it was called a film, a BBC film called um, Virtuoso. Uh, that was in 1988. And I worked with Alfred Molina. And I remember it was 250 quid a day in 1988. I mean, that's still good money. And I, but I do remember thinking, all right, I can do this. But I was very, um, my nerves sometimes were expressed through talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Alison Stedman was on the job. You know, Alison Stedman from um, uh, Gavin and Stacey and stuff. She plays the mum and that. I mean, yeah. you know, Fred Molina was great, but at the end of the second day, Gavin St- um, Alison Stedman said to me, do you have a twin brother? I said, no. And she went, good. And that was quite a good lesson because <laughs> it made me think, yeah, I have been. I've been so nervous. I've been talking too much. Um, but then I did a film called Hear My Song about Joseph Lott, the Adrian Dunbar, a very young Adrian Dunbar, um, you know, uh, from Line of Judy, Toro. And that did quite well in the business. But then I thought I was God's gift. I thought, that's it. And then I didn't work for a while. Um, and then I really started getting at it. And, um, and, and I suppose the big break was really, of course, cold feet in a way. Yeah. But, but then I just worked and worked and worked. And I think it, it continually changed in a sense, the, the, the path. I mean, agents are so important. I've had an agent for 25 years and she was able to guide me in a lot of things. But, you know, Kofi, unquestionably, um, Bloody Sunday made a huge difference in my life um, in many ways. And I've, I've, I'm sure no one's really that interested or, or aware of it. But, I mean, I've said before that, you know, Kofi certainly kind of gave me a public, persona and, and help within the commercial end of the business whereas Bloody Sunday changed certainly my view of acting it also changed my view of where I uh, come from uh, and, and it made um, I think other people maybe in different genres or kind of like cliques of the independent films you think alright maybe he can do other stuff um, but I mean it's just work you know Liam Neeson always says he's still getting away of it. But if you get up in the morning, like my mother used to say, uh, James, if the sun rises, so must you. And uh, and I try and hold on to that. That's uh, yeah, very good advice. Great words to live by. 
uh, tell me this, going all the way back to the first audition you did and the first uh, job that you did, which is ner more nerve wracking, the first tee at the Irish Open or the, fir the first day on that job? Oh God, first tee in the Irish Open. No, the, no, I'll tell you what, what's really nerve wracking. First time I met Alex Ferguson, actually, and the first time, uh, well, I only met George Best once. Meeting George Best, I was in peace. I was, it was a chat show in Dublin. Actually, funny enough, it was a not long lived chat show that Lester Piggott's daughter did in Dublin. And I arrived and I was in makeup and stuff before I went down to do it. And I was like, is he here? Is he here? Is he here? You know, because George was everything. Yeah. I had a George Best ring, a George Best necklace, my granny, Rainey, although she wasn't, you know, we always had a granny that wasn't actually your granny. Um, but she was my cousin's granny and she'd knitted me a George Best thing. So George was sort of everything. Because if you're a boy growing up in the country with three older sisters and you kick a ball against the wall, the only poster I had on my wall was Man United, George Best and Slade, funny enough. But, um, but then I went down in the green room and there stood in front of me was this... Uh, you know, you know, smallish man, you know. Um, and he turned, and I just knew it was him, and he turned around and he went, oh, Jimmy Nesbitt, great to meet you. And I, that's the most nervous I've been. Uh, and so I'm more nervous. Acting doesn't make me nervous. I mean, and, and I don't mean that arrogantly, because if I feel it's down to me, in a way, you know. Um, I know also I kind of do the work First, the first amount of jury at that day was tough. I mean, also the first, the Dunhill, you know, uh, the first time I played the Dunhill, Shane Warren, he then became a good friend of mine, you know, it's just so bad, it's so inconceivable that Shane's gone. Mm. Every time I played the Dunhill, Shane would always make sure he was on the first tee. And just, just as I was driving to play, he'd go, Oh, Jimmy! <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, I'm probably more nervous. It's funny, I'm articulating this for the first time. I'm probably more nervous playing in Port Rush with my mates uh, in a comp than I am playing in front of thousands of people because I'm just so desperate to beat them. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's no matter what level of golf you play, I've, I've spoken to tour pros who say the same thing. Oh, yeah. So it's funny. So I quite, I quite, I don't mind the program thing. I mean, I'm nervous when I get there, but then when I'm on, I mean, I suppose I should be really used to that. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, if I'm an actor, I suppose that somewhere I'm able to kind of ignite something or not. I don't mean brilliance, but I mean, kind of be okay. Whereas if I play with my mates, and if I'm hitting fourth off the first tee and they've all absolutely crushed it, then I'm in trouble. You have to do the same, of course. Then I'm in trouble, yeah. You've mentioned... Sir Alex Ferguson a few times um, he's one of the few people in sport and in life who I think has a character and a persona that's larger than life so obviously you're a Manchester United fan so you were going to mm. be he's going to be endearing to you anyway but he seems to have from the conversation we've had previously a huge impact on on your life I know and I, and it's, I find sometimes that when I talk about him when we talk about him because it comes easier to me. But then if I play it back in my head, I can understand people be going, oh my God, you name dropper, blah, 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 whatever. And it's not, I mean, it's really not the case at all. I mean, I qualify it by saying, oh my God, listen, 
I grew up when I met players that played for Balamina and then Korean. If I still meet players for play for Korean, even though I sponsored the team, I kind of get a bit funny inside. Um, so you can only imagine what it's like for through the fortuitous nature of my life to have met loads of players. But yeah, I met him years ago. Uh, I mean, his son is probably one of my best friends. Um, but he's been um, uh, an incredible figure in my life. He's really, um, I consider him uh, a mentor and a great friend. And he's uh, also funny, charitable, but offers the best advice, you know. And I probably shouldn't say too much about it because I don't want to make it like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, imagine, but I mean, there's a bit of me that wants to say, Imagine him as Alex Ferguson, the plasterer from, you know, uh, Port Shirt, as opposed to Alex Ferguson, manager, because they'd both be the same, both the same impact, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great indictment of his character. Oh, no, is it? I um, mean, we were both, we were gutted about Roar. Yes, yes. So I think it's, we, we get on to, get on to the golf <laughs> as of late. Um, you've, you said you've, you've played with Rory, you, you, you've met Rory a couple of times, have you? Oh, no, I worked for his foundation for a long time. And in fact, when he opened the Loch Earn years ago, uh, well, when the Loch Earn uh, Resort opened, boy, it would have been 19, so that's 14 years ago. It was a, 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 an exhibition between him and Padre Harms, and I hosted it. And he was young last, 18, 19. And just the loveliest, you know. Um, how heartbreaking was it that he didn't get it done this week? I mean, I think everyone has said it was written in the stars. It was faded that he was going to do it. Yeah. It looked like he was. He, it looked like the, the probably return summon, of Rory of someone birdies five holes in a row on the back nine, he's going to struggle. I mean, as he said, after, I mean, the thing is, I, he had a foundation here for years. Now he's over in America and I, uh, work with it quite a bit. He's as good as it gets, that boy, in terms of just the way he has handled his life. His mum and dad are fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, but he said himself, and also he's just so generous in the way he speaks. But also, that, that shouldn't belie someone who's a competitor and wants it, you know. It's just um, sometimes these things happen. Um, but he's been playing so well. But yeah, no, it was uh, it was tough, man. I Did you watch say. much of it? Oh, I watched all. I mean, the last day was beautiful. And funny enough, Alex phoned me in the morning and just said, uh, "Right, here we go. Here's the boy." Because I actually interviewed when I worked for Royce Foundation. Uh, one of the first big events we did was in Dublin when it was at the K Club. In fact, when Rory won that. And I interviewed him the Wednesday night to raise money for, uh, shows you, says something about Alex, actually, and something about Pep Guardiola, who did it the following year, uh, where I interviewed Rory and one other people, one other person. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's but, but, you know, it's just so magnificent. It says so much about him. It's so much of the golfing world wants him to do well. And that's pressure, man. You know, and he's been doing so well, but um, yeah, Jesus. Every player I've ever played with, every single player I've ever played with, when I've asked them, uh, you know, uh, who's the best? I mean, of course, someone will say Tiger, but I mean, every other person goes, oh, Rory, Rory, Rory. And you know, 
It's a lot of pressure for a young man to uh, carry. But um, but yeah, Cam Smith did well. But also, I just think I just think the way Roy handles himself is just magnificent. I think the way he goes about his business every week yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is admirable. He's a real yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a real ambassador for the game, which he didn't necessarily need to become, but he fell no. into. No, and he's um and his mom and dad are great. Rosie, I've known for years. I mean, they're just great. And look, you know, always doesn't work out well. Uh, but he will more measures. Onto your own golf. So you're saying Sen- it's sensational. Sensational, is it? <laughs> no. No. So, talk to me about how, how you kind of got bitten by the bug, or when did you really get into golf? Well, when I started playing it. You know, I mean, that's the thing. You kind of are scared of golf. I mean, that's but it's so funny now at Port Rush, where I spend most of my time. The kids at Port Rush, they started young enough not to be scared by it in a way. You yeah. start a bit older, so but I mean, you want to see. I was, as I said, I was at the north. Um, but also, my mates, my Peter Ludlow, I mentioned there, one of his kids, George. George is, uh, well, all the kids, all, all the 13 year olds there, some of them are, are just amazing. But also, they don't, they, they don't have the fear. I, I had fear, but I got into it, and, and I, it's my, you know, I'm not bad to tell you the truth. In the last four months, no, in the last two months, my handicap has been 16. It's also been 5.3. <laughs> well, that, that was because I had one good round of Ford Rush. And it, it, my, with the new system, my handicap dropped from 16 to 5.3 overnight because I didn't have enough cars. And now I'm at 12. Thank God I got back up to 12. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. So my, my golf's good. I mean, I, I, it's all right. Do you get it's not to, consistent. No, well, I mean, that's like it, like every amateur golfer. That is that is the main problem. Yeah. Do you get to play, or does the club do the clubs travel travel with you whenever you work? Well, I've got I play when I'm working. Um, yeah, I play a bit. No, but I've got clubs at Port Rush where I'm a member and and where I now really am. But actually, funny enough, the other club I'm a member of now is in. Um, Bizarre in Royal, uh, it's Royal Coventry, or no, it's just not Royal, it's Coventry, it's Finham, because my best, my other, one of my other best mates, Alan, lives in, and it's a fantastic course. Anyone who watches this, if you get a chance to play Finham, um, uh, and so I've got clubs there. Um, but no, I play a good bit, you know, I mean, I've been lucky enough to uh, travel a bit with it, and also get to kind of go and, you know, my mates, we've been to the Masters, we've done this, blah, blah, blah. But I, um, but I also, uh, I'm, you know, I'm 57 and I go to bed dreaming about golf. I didn't used to. <laughs> I'm 29 and I'm dreaming about golf. <laughs> yeah, you should be dreaming about other things, Johnny. <laughs> well, well, you're you're in the right place to be waking up and going to play golf. Ah, yeah. Port Rush is an incredible so. place. No, it's amazing. I played there. Uh, I play there all the time. I'll, I'll play tomorrow night in the hat. I played. Um, it, it's just fabulous. You know, because it's also a seaside town. And I've I've went there as a child all my life. And then I worked in the amusements. Now I'm a member of the course. But also now again as Northern Ireland evolves evolves from its past. You know, the world golf has, has kind of in a way shown the world the beauty of that part of of the North of Ireland. And who knew that golf would actually 
the pictures being by golf would bring people who have no interest in golf to Port Ross, and that's what I love about it. You know, um, but it's a fantastic place. The course is wonderful. We've got great um, manager, great, great, you know, people because it's like, you know, the Open's coming back in twenty five, and that's that asks a lot of some of its members, and uh, um, and but, but we, it means so much. Um, not only to the, I mean, it's probably more of a drain on the club in a way for the open coming. Uh, I say carefully, but for, for what it does for the, the areas, it's sensational. And the course is incredible. Uh, I mean, it's one of the best in the world. Does this mean we're going to see you volunteering now on, in 2025? You have the lanyard on and everything. Uh, well, I'll certainly be there. <laughs> you won't be marshalling people through now. Oh God, no, no. I mean, it's funny when it was there the last time. I um, my mate Carsey, he's the other, he's the one person, funny enough, cycle. Yeah, this is the one person I haven't mentioned of the of the four of us. He was doing the ropes on the 18th when um, because you know all the members wanted to do something, didn't matter what is there. Of course, he was sort of doing the ropes, and when Shane hit his second into 18. He just threw the rope down because just the crowd was incredible. So he's the he's the one that let the the crowds run through. Yeah. Is he? <laughs> he won't be allowed to do it again. <laughs> he shouldn't be. And also, Peter Ludlow, one of the other ones, he was driving Dustin Johnson around on the practice uh, uh, days, and um, he was so impressed with driving Dustin that he went completely the wrong way. And Dustin DJ said to him, uh, "Pardon me, sir, uh, I think we're going the wrong way." <laughs> <laughs> These are my buffoon friends. Um, I, I was at the, the Open in 2019 as well, the Thursday and Friday, or yeah, Thursday and Friday. Um, yeah. God, it was it was incredible. From the Rory on Thursday to the Rory on Friday. Yeah, I know. Different, yeah. different, different place, really. Yeah. Just the atmosphere. I think, I th- I think he'll win the Open at St. Andrews. You have it here, I'm recording it. I think Rory will win the Open at St. Andrews. They're saying, they're saying 2030 is when it's going to be there next. I think he'll win the Open at St. Andrews. Wow. This he'll year only be 40, year, unfortunately. Ah, he'll, only, he'll only be 41. Look how fit he is. Yeah. Every great golfer, every great golfer, some some not necessarily kind of like icons. Uh, I mean, some not considered amazing golfers win there. Some great golfers haven't won there. But, Mark my words, Betty wins his Andrews. You, uh, you, you very subtly mentioned the fact that you'd been to the Masters, which is an experience that most people won't get to experience in their life. What's, no. what's that like? Speaking of someone who will most likely not get to go to the Masters. Well, Johnny, speak nicely to me, you never know. Um, <laughs> the Masters is, it's, I mean, it's incredible. You know, if you're going with your three mates, it's quite messy, but it's also incredible. I mean, the place is extraordinary. Do you see an awful lot of golf? I mean, you spend all day there, but the crowds are so huge. But you see a, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. But I think a lot of that is just the walking in there and the being there, you know. I mean, I'd say... I'd say it's down saying more incredible to play there than necessary to be there for four days as a spectator. Having said that, it's wonderful. The place is extraordinary. Um, you know, and also we did see, I saw Shane get a hole in one there. Uh, um, 
We saw Willett win there. Saw Rory. Uh, we saw Patrick Reed win there. Um, we got to go to. I mean, it's 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 amazing. But I, you know, we've been we went a couple of times, and I know. Listen, God, I know I'm blessed for that. But um, but you know, having been to Ryder Cups uh, and the Open, I mean, I think almost that's what I would rush to now, mm. rather than that again. You know. Well, what what makes a so I. I haven't I haven't got to go to a Ryder Cup. I'm gonna to go to the Italian oh. this year as a as a location scout for next year's Ryder Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh which which Ryder Cups have you have you been at? I was bizarrely an ambassador at Glen Eagles. Um wow. they have this idea and all that was fantastic. Good year. And, yeah, uh, good year to be an Yeah, a really good year. And yeah, we got to be inside the ropes and it was fun and Alex was there, of course. Um, no, it was just brilliant. But to be able to up close and to see it is, is amazing. But also just that, you know, that's I mean, I loved it. Um, but also, I just, I, I also, there is something, I, you know, purists might disagree with me, but there's something incredible about watching golf on telly as well. I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've got if you've got a few mates, right, and you're watching, and you're all, you know, that notion of being right there, and and you know, and seeing. You know, there's a couple of putts Rory had there the other day, you know, uh, that just were, I mean, inches from an open. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot. And also, I love so many of the commentators now. I mean, I think people like Coltart and stuff are just fabulous. They're really bringing the drama home to you. For sure. So you're you're surrounded by a lot of golf, a lot of incredible golf courses in and around Northern Ireland, yeah. up where you're living. Do you ever? Is it all links all the time? Port Rush only, or do you do you venture down? No, to, I play. Uh, no, I'll be playing the I'll be playing the K clubs and again at Ronan Keating's Mary Keating Day. I go down to that every year, um, which I love. And the K clubs class, yeah, really love that. Um, but most of the links, you know, I've played uh, by Liffin and the Hinge, and um, but there's plenty still to play. Um, I mean, I play a lot of park round in England. I mean, I'm not. I'm almost better where I can see um, like a wide open sea and horizon and no trees than I have. <laughs> as, as difficult as, even if the wind is up, I'm happier seeing kind of like infinity rather than seeing trees. <laughs> How would you describe your golf game? When it's good, it's really good. Um, but it's like I have to play badly. I have to start badly to kind of ignite the thing in me that makes me fight back. And my mates would say that I'm a pretty good fighter, and I've got to, I've got to learn to start well. Um, but I'm getting that. I'm getting that. So is the worst thing you know, for you to start with a birdie, is it? No, that would be great. No, I start four. Like I, I played in the comp the other day, four dings at Port Rush, and the comp four dings to start with. Then you're like, but then that kind of makes me go. Right, well, uh, you need to do something. Then. Um, but um, but it's it's getting there, you know. It's getting. There. I'll 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 take up enough of your time, but I'd like to yeah. finish it on this, if if that's all right. Um, cool. So you've you've got to play some incredible courses, play with yeah. some incredible people, and meet some incredible people through yeah. the game of golf. What's going to bed now tonight, or going to bed on any night? Is there one memory or one moment from you on the golf course, whether with family or with friends, with whoever, that sticks longest in your memory? 
וואו, הוא קרש. It's probably at Monterey, my best mate, Peter Ludlow. Uh, and it was only an eagle, but it was uh, 230 uh, on about the fifth, 230 yard second. The eye was about 100 yards up. And as he hit it, I was just in between. I was, uh, as, he, as he hit it, and the ball went past me. I shouted at him, that's in. And I watched the ball go up. I hit a perfect shot. And he got a two on a very hard uh, hole in Monterey. And, uh, and we were able to share it. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, James Nesbitt. A pleasure to have you on. Johnny, my pleasure. Take care. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.